I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is going to be an awesome matchup, and it's going down right now, ladies and gentlemen. Grab your popcorn, have a seat, let's do it. If you don't mind. I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy! Four, five, six. V.I.G. John, I need to talk to you. No, not right now. What's wrong with you? Why you got the weird look all over your face? Claire's mom just made me grab her hooters. Snap out of it. What, a hot older woman made you feel her cans? Stop crying like a little girl. I wasn't crying like a little girl. What were they like anyway? They look pretty good. Are they real? Are they built for speed or for comfort? What'd you do with them? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? <laughs> you motorboat and son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. Where is she? She's still in the house? What is wrong with you? What do you mean, what's wrong with What's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? That's not responsible broadcasting. And now, the station considers this on-air behavior to be completely unacceptable. Our feature presentation. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It is Wednesday morning, the 14th of November. Hey, kids. What's happening? What's Just marveling at uh, the little video Allie sent me of her Christmas decorations. Thank you, Bean. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. It looks like... Yeah. Re- remember the overnight transformation in the uh, in the store in Elf? What? Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah when, when he does all the decorations overnight and people come in and they're just astonished by how much is going on? Well, keep in mind, that's just the living room, and it's just phase one. So, Just phase one? I just, I Bean had was to super start impressed. yesterday. I was super impressed. It's thank only you. phase one. Yes, okay. thank you, Bean. I appreciate it, and I look forward to sending you more to really you wow so you. You have so many Christmas things, though. Oh, I mean, so much. I that's mean, like, it's... that's one one tub and a tree. So I <laughs> that's have... That's all Bean saw. Yeah. Okay. I have so much. It's concerning. But it in the quarters be. and on the on the mantle yeah. and uh, on the chairs, I mean, it's just it's it's, Chris, it's a winter wonderland. Is yeah, what if it is. you don't have for your living room, you know, different pillows, different blankets, yeah. that type of thing. What are you even doing with You're your a life? Christmas hoarder. I might. Be. <laughs> I might be. It all has a place, though. It all sure. goes somewhere after Christmas, and it's tucked away. I don't keep it like in boxes that I have to like go through a maze in my house. I'm right. not a typical hoarder. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Do you have to I assume you have to rent another apartment to put all your old furniture and things that don't fit during the Christmas season. <laughs> sure. While sure. you have that stuff up, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not an animal. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You only have so much room. Sure. Well, um, I'm very impressed, and now Thank I feel uh, my house looks naked compared to. I feel like I should I should step up my game here. I mean, am I, I already know, behind? I don't know that anyone is going to A, B your house with mm-hmm. Ellie's house. Well, I'm yeah. just saying it's the 14th of November already. I got nothing up. I always... Make it- Making me feel like I'm a like I'm a loser. No, I always put stuff up before Thanksgiving. Everybody knows that. Sure. We've talked about yeah, sure. what's too soon, but quite frankly, it's been a heck of a couple weeks, let alone year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just thought, you know what? It makes me happy. It makes me good. feel good. Why the heck not? We need to really be 
doing a bit of self-care, treating ourselves. Treat yourself. Amen to that, by the way. Amen to that. Hey, uh, speaking of self-care, I may need to leave the show early today and get on a flight to Australia. Um, I've always wanted to go to Australia, and now I have a reason. You know I'm... uh, I'm a huge fan of world's largest. You yes. know that, right? Yes. I've uh, been to as many as I uh, as I could. I mean, look, and I'm not alone on this. I, I guarantee there are people listening to this show right now who have made a point to pull over in Baker and take their picture next to the world's largest thermometer. I mean, it's just something you do. If the world's largest thermometer is there and you're driving by, you want to get your picture taken with it, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, some people would agree. <laughs> Which, by the way, still ticks me off because it's not a real thermometer. But I have been to uh, I have been to a lot of the world's largest throughout the house, uh, throughout the country. Ali, have you ever been to the world's largest globe in Maine? I have not. Where is that? The world's largest globe is uh, is in Yarmouth, Yarmouth, Maine. Oh wow! It revolves and rotates too. By the way, wow, super special, very rare in a world's largest. It is. But I've been to, uh, you know, I've been to the world's largest fork, and I've been to the world's largest buffalo, and I've been to, you know, I've been to a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Well, Australia has a campaign that is going on for tourism because it's a huge country. And outside of a few major cities, your Melbourne and your Sydney, you know, they they have a lot of cities that people don't go to, a lot of towns that are Mm -hmm. trying to attract attention. So they have an actual campaign that is going on where... Every year, I guess, they do, they do a, uh, they decide on a new big item that they're going to put in a town as a tourist attraction, which I think is fantastic. So this week, they just unveiled the Big Melon. Oh. The Big Melon. Just the one? The Big Melon. Unfortunately, yes, because yeah. we all love Big Melons. This is in the rural town of Chinchilla in Australia's north, and it apparently apparently the uh, the region is known for watermelons and is known for the Chinchilla Melon Festival, mm. which, by the way, they have every other year. Not, not every year. <laughs> they have... Every two years, they have the Melon Festival. But it's a tour- they, they think it will be a tourist attraction, and they think that people will show up. In fact, I could not think this uh, this uh, representative of uh, Chinchilla, the mayor of Chinchilla says, I could not think of a better way to capture the fun and excitement of visiting our region, especially after the Chinchilla Melon Festival, than having your photo taken with our newest tourist attraction. And it's just a big, giant melon. It's 29 feet by 9 feet. Nice melons. Yeah, it's a big melon, right? Is it real? Uh... No, how could it? Okay, could I'm it just possibly, saying. Like, how could it I'm just saying. Ninety percent of the stuff that's the world's largest isn't uh, the world's largest. It just right, it's a, doesn't yeah, even it's a, fit the description. It's just a replica. It's a, yeah, well, yeah, it's a representation of a. Listen, melon. I went to the pecan with you. World's largest pecan. It's made mm-hmm. out of cement. Yeah, it is. So right. how exciting can that be? It's. It was tremendously Bean went exciting. Three times. Four times. Oh. I've been four, four times. Four times. Oh, and, Bean. And, and uh, I mean, come on now. It is ex- it's more exciting than seeing an actual world's largest pecan, which would fit in the palm of your hand. But, because that's, this a, is but like, that's at least a pecan. This right, is cement. Right, but it's like a four-foot r- representation of a pecan. Right, but it's not a pecan. So when they say world's largest pecan, that's a lie. World's you largest know, cement pecan? Yes. You don't it's know. It's Cassie. just nonsense. <laughs> the, and then, right uh, the other thing is you walk up to those things and you go, hmm. All right, that that's there, and then you get back in your car and drive away. You don't go but, back three more times. No. Okay. Kevin, well, when, when I went, when I went out of my way to drive by the world's largest cowboy boots outside Dallas. Yes. How much more exciting <laughs> is it to see a three-story pair of cowboy boots than it is to see a size twenty cowboy boot? Uh, none. Way more. I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's five percent better because how did they make it or something like that? But for God's mm-hmm. sakes, it's the same thing. You walk up, you go. 
Sure are large boots. All right, I'm going to leave. There's nothing yeah. to do there. They don't have boot rides or whatever. They don't, they don't sell cotton candy. Yeah, you'd be in with boot rides. <laughs> right? I'm just saying it's nonsense. The bright pink slice of watermelon will join other cultural Australian icons, such as the big merino in Goldburn, New South Wales. You know what that is, a merino? No. Mm-mm. I didn't either. I had to look it up. It's a kind of sheep. Also, the big banana is in Coffs Harbor. And the big lobster is in, down in South Australia. I need to go to all of them. I need to. I need a road trip, you guys. Why do you love these so much? I don't know. Honestly, because it's sort of a strange thing. I don't know, but obviously lots of people do or they wouldn't continue to build them. I mean, I've been to both of the world's largest balls of twine, for instance. I've been to one of them with you. Sure was a ball of twine. <laughs> hey, look at that. It's a ball of twine. Let's go. I just love that they compete. I just love that, that the ones in Minnesota and ones in Kansas, that they compete with each other as to who's the largest. It's a rivalry. World's largest balls. World's largest balls. I don't think that's the... Not the attitude. I don't. I think we could use some some better beeping, and I also don't think that's the attitude. <laughs> anyway, my point is, if you go to me today and I'm not here, it's right. because I'm I'm on my way to the airport to head to Australia. Uh, do you think you have um, that fetish? It's uh, like men that love like giant things, like gigantousness. Something like it's not macrophilia. It's something like that, where men love to look tiny. Like, they love pictures of women that look like they're about to step on them type of thing. Are you into that? Keep talking. (laughs) You almost there? I just, I want to hear more of an explanation of this thing that I've never heard of. I've never heard of that either, but give me a different reason, (laughs) B. You want to know why I've heard of it? Yeah. Our dear friend, Ali Siegel, that did the artwork for the Kevin and Bean billboards, Uh was asked to write a story on it, and she had to post pictures of her doing it. And all the reactions to it from these men. It's fascinating. We might want to talk to Allie about that. It's a real mind. fetish. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a real, real fetish where you want to where you want to pretend like women are 50 feet tall. Uh, yeah. you. Yeah. Essentially. I don't okay. know if it's a power thing. World's largest. Largest bullshit. World's largest bullshit. Again, more beeping. So, yeah. I would be more comfortable with. Okay. All right. So there we go, so guys. So good. That's great. Uh, have you been to the world's largest fork in Springfield, Missouri? I've been there. Have you been to the world's largest cherry pie in Traverse City, Michigan? I've been there. No. Okay. How about the world's largest shuttlecock? Have you been there? Oh. Hmm? What? <laughs> Someone didn't love you enough when you were little, what, did they? What do you do when you get to those things? Well, generally, you take a photo with it. Right. And, and then I'm, check it off your list and keep driving. <laughs> what is his list like? <laughs> It's not even a destination. It's just, eh, I'm going to go along the way on my route. Oh. All right, let's talk about today's Kevin and Beecho, shall we? It's like if dogs could talk. Right? Uh, animal stories, speaking of dogs, on today's show. Mm-hmm. We have uh, another round of thanks for that info, Bean. How dare, dare you? you? How dare you, sir? Just trying to make conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> by yourself, yes. <laughs> We are going to talk to a firefighter about the Malibu fires because we have many questions. Like, mm-hmm. how do you contain? How? What is the process by which you save homes and stuff like that? It seems like it's very complicated. Yeah, now they're in San Bernardino County. It's yep. insane. And a lot of people showed up at that uh, that meeting last night in Malibu and were furious that they couldn't go back to their homes. And they, they listen to the firefighters. If they tell you it's yeah. not safe to go back to your home, don't go back to your home. 
I would think so too. It would suck to be out of your home though and not know what's happening yeah. with it, if it could be on fire or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you should do what they say, for God's sakes. And uh, we also have tickets for the uh, K Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas coming up on this morning's uh, show too. We'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Alan McKay is here. That means it's time for our first look at what's happening on this Wednesday. Bean, I'm really sorry that uh, Josh Groban and Tony Danza show The Good Cop will uh-huh. not be returning for a second season on Netflix. Well, that's a shame because I was looking forward to seeing that. Were you? I was. I love Josh Groban. Sure. I think he's hilarious and charming and funny. I guess hilarious and funny are really pretty much the same thing. Sure. They're but similar. I, yeah. But I will say, I if I didn't take the time to watch it by now, it's kind of my own fault if it yeah. got canceled. I mean, it, it came out September 21st, uh-huh. all 10 yeah. episodes. So yeah, they are one's, there. This one's on me. Yeah, they are there if you want to watch them. But uh, I know you were looking forward to it. But So uh, Netflix doesn't cancel much, by the way. They have been more lately. Okay. I'd say mm-hmm. in the past like four months, they're, they're dropping the hammer on some stuff for sure. Okay. But... Um, that's gone, but something is coming, not to take its place at all, because it's not, nothing like the show. But Netflix has just announced that Cardi B, T.I., and Chance the Rapper yes. are going to be judges on a new music competition show on Netflix called Rhythm and Flow. The superstars are going to be tasked with helping undiscovered hip-hop artists pursue their dreams. Now, I know that we mock all the new singing competitions because we've learned America doesn't have talent. But right. I will say, we haven't seen one for hip-hop yet. We have not. This is a different that, thing, yeah. This, yeah. Is, the, this is a different stripe. This, yeah. is act, this actually might be cool. Well, if you are interested in auditioning, you can learn more at rhythmandflowauditions.com. They're going to have auditions for the show beginning this fall here in the U.S., including in each of the judges' hometowns. That's Atlanta, Chicago, and New York. The show debuts in the fall of 2019. Kevin, yes. Question. Yes. Not a question, just a statement. Uh Uh-huh. Jensen. Jensen. Boom. Get him. He could kill that show. Okay. Or if Twitter's listening, he could really do well. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need you kicked off the show with all your kill talk over there, Kevin. We're we'll going to uh, chat talk about, about that, that later, right? Later, but Kevin is now watching his language after being booted from Twitter. I mean, booted is a strong word. You we'll were dis- booted. You were suspended. I was suspended. I was suspended. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll discuss that later for sure. Um, yeah, why why not? I think and I think it, that would be one of those funny moments where the judges would see this white Jewish guy step up on the stage. They would be like, oh. Right, this right. is going to be terrible, and then they'd be real surprised that he could actually do it. Well, I feel like maybe we need to take the show on the road, either Atlanta, Chicago, or New York, for the auditions. Do our show live from there, mm-hmm. and then send a camera in with Jensen. Right? You've really given this a lot of thought. Yeah, I'm not uh, just just now. A lot just of moving parts there. So just I'm not now. Okay. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's do it. What's wrong with you? Let's support Jensen. <laughs> Why do you hate Jensen? We already know that he's interested. I just talked to him. He's in. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't talk to him. I didn't. But uh, just letting you know that that is happening. Again, rhythmandflowauditions.com. What was the name of my acapella group? Was it? Yeah. We only performed at certain times of the month, but it was pretty cool. Wow. That was awful. Awful. (laughs) Should I even file that? I wouldn't. Yeah. It's not even worth it. Thanks, Chip. Let's talk about some birthdays, shall we? Travis Barker. 
Travis Barker. We love him so very much. Happy birthday to him. And from Run DMC, Rev Run, Josh Dumel and Vanessa Bayer from SNL. And a member of the royal family. Yes. Prince Charles. Yes. You love the, the royal worst member of the royal he family. He really is. Yeah. He is awful. He's heir to the throne. Yeah. Uh, the whole nation is hoping he dies before his mother. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so that his son will become king. Yeah. I wouldn't say that because that's mm-hmm. against Twitter's rules, but <laughs> right. you can. Bean can. Absolutely. And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Let me make sure I understand how this program works. Okay. At this time on yesterday's show, we did Omoroki. Yes. Which was horrible. I mean, it was a disaster in that zero out of eight people won. That was only part of why it was a disaster. <laughs> Agreed. It was a disaster because it was hell to listen to. It was painful. Right. I've not recovered from it yet. Mm-hmm. Right. We're doing it again next hour? Next hour because yeah. we're going to give him another shot. It's a redo. Right. And you, and you think somehow Omar is going to be better at singing? Uh, no. <laughs> then what? But maybe the contestants will be will be able to get it better just because somehow they connect to it. I don't know. It's just, it's take two. I don't know. Okay. All right. So take two, less yes. than an hour from right now on the Kevin Beach Show. We'll give you a chance to win tickets to the K-Rock Almost Cruise to Christmas. So if you want to win those, be sure to be with us right now, though. How about some animal stories? Maybe a raccoon or a story about a dog. Maybe a baboon or a story about a frog. A story about a cat or a pizza rat. A story about a minx or a story about a lynx. Animal stories in the Animal stories to cure your blues. Animal stories just for you. Let's find out what they're up to. Once again, there is uh, no such animal as a minx, but Omar <laughs> Omar continues to leave it in the intro. <laughs> is it minx? There's a minx. There's a minx. Oh, man. And there's a mink, but there's no minx. <laughs> Um, I am deeply touched by stories of people who put themselves at risk to rescue animals. And I know that sometimes it can be a very dumb thing to do. But when it works out, it's a happy story. Here's a guy who is a California man who sees a humpback whale caught in a net. Mm. What does he decide to do? He decides to jump into the water and pull the net off the whale. Wow. Wow. In a million years, would that ever occur to you to do? I mean, honestly, I'd like to think so, but no. Inside Edition covered the story. A man risks his life jumping into the ocean to save a massive humpback whale that's caught in a net. Sam Sinstaline, a commercial fisherman, climbs onto the back of the whale while his buddy roots him on from the safety of the boat. Cut it! That humongous tail could kill you. Then it's mission accomplished. Did you get it? Yeah! Sam, <laughs> listen to that dude, by no the way. Wow. Well, I mean, you got to feel like a goddamn superhero if you jump in and save a whale. And you're happy you lived. Yes. By the Great way, point. the guy in the background at one point was yelling, swim! Yeah, thanks. I, uh, I cut a bunch of him out, but nobody... Look, the dude knew why he was jumping into the water to save the whale. He didn't need the guy <laughs> in right. the boat who has was in no danger at all yelling at him at the time. Like, there wasn't enough going on with He was dude. by the net, and the guy it? goes... Oh, sorry. <laughs> he Go was ahead, by what? the net, and the guy was going, cut it! Yes, exactly! Wait, cut, the, cut the net? <laughs> Off the whale? <laughs> right. So what do you think dumb. I'm doing in here, you idiot? Did you get it? Yeah! Sam frees the whale. I've never been that close to a whale. 
I spoke to Sam about his dramatic rescue. It's like jumping out of an airplane for skydiving. It's like, what am I doing right now? That is a big whale. Now that's one whale of a tail. Oh, yeah. dude. Right. Why do you have to do oh, that? I hate that so much. Anyway, happy ending on that story. Allie, I thought about you for this one. Haywood County, North Carolina is where it happened. This Is, is it Sonny, a bear? It is a bear. Yes. This is Sonny Pumphrey, who uh, I'm not sure if it says here in the article how old he is, but he looks like he's got to be at least in his 70s in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the news report. He, uh, he was in the driveway of his house when a mother bear and two cubs showed up. The cubs ran off, but then the mother bear reared up and attacked him. <gasps> She made a charging dead run at me. That sucker was eyeball to eyeball to, eyeball to me, he said. Whew. So he punched the bear in the nose. Right? Oh. Take now, this. The reason, I, the reason I thought of you, Allie, is your dream is to hug a bear. Yeah, I would have just hugged her. Been like, it's okay. We're all friends. If, if you got that close, I don't think you'd be you'd be able or willing to hit the bear, right? Oh, no. I'd, I'd go for the hug. This I would say, well, this is it. Insane, this is my time. Way. Here's my hug. And I'm dead. He he punched the bear in the nose, but then what did she do? She dropped down and bit him on the hip. She kind of shook me a little bit, and I'm still, well, I'm hitting her steady on the top of the head as hard as I could swing, man. For dear life, I just continue pounding and pounding, and she's continuing to bite me. Like I said, she's got a hold of me. She shook me a little bit, but then she let go and took a swat at me. And when she took the swat at me, she knocked me about eight feet over the, onto the concrete. Oh, wow. So his wife and dog come running out, and for whatever reason, that was enough for the bear to get up and leave. Uh, The wife says, I saw her stand up and rear her paw back, but all I could see was a mouthful of teeth. I just knew my husband was going to be gone. Mm. But it turns out he's okay. He is going to have to endure a series of rabies shots because he was bit by the bear. But man, how lucky are you if you get attacked by a bear and you live, Yeah, it's amazing. It should have been you, Allie. should have oh. been you. would have had a very different ending. Wish. <laughs> it would have been a peaceful, happy ending. Oh, thank you. I could have saved this for what's up with Florida, and often Florida and animal stories intersect. And By this the is way, one of same those... with people are dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most stories <laughs> come out of Florida. <laughs> this is uh, Kimberly Gable. She is 42. She was drunk and causing a scene Saturday night at the Red Lobster location in St. Petersburg, prompting the manager to ask her to leave because she was disturbing other customers. As she headed to the Red Lobster's front door, according to the arrest affidavit, she decided that she would reach into the water tank containing a live lobster, grab it, and run out of the restaurant. (laughs) What a psycho. What is her plan? She really wanted lobster. Is her plan to go home and cook that lobster? Uh, Responding to a 911 call about the lobster heist, a sheriff's deputy located Miss Gable, who smelled of booze, was slurring her words, continuing to curse. She denied any knowledge of the pilfered lobster's whereabouts. She explained that she was blackout drunk and didn't care because she didn't do anything wrong. Those statements are directly at odds with each other, by the way. Anyway, she has a long, long rap sheet, and she also has tattoos on her back of a dragon and koi fish. So Ooh. she's really into the, living under the sea or something. I don't know what's going on here, but all what those, happened to the lobster? Yeah, all those dragons under the sea. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it dra- I thought it was a dragon and koi fish. I thought they were both different kinds of fish. No, am I wrong about that? Oh, I thought you just said a dragon and, and a koi fish. A koi fish. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Yeah, Sorry, I Bean. didn't see it. But where's the lobster, you guys? Right? That's what I want to know. Blackout. And uh, finally, because we're almost running out of time here, I have never heard of this before. Have you guys ever heard of a dog getting a kidney transplant? No. no. 
Here's the uh, here's the story out of St. Louis. Three years ago, on a hot summer day in southern Missouri, a dog named Star was saved. Star and the puppies were found in a plywood box in summer, and they had no food or water. Star had given birth to 13 puppies. Nine survived. By the time Star arrived at Murphy Animal Hospital in High Ridge, Dr. Shannon Flegel says Star was an advanced kidney failure and having seizures. One day, she just started vomiting and wouldn't eat. Tests showed Star's kidneys were failing, and she needed a miracle. All right, so Star is in very bad shape, and the lady that adopted Star kept in touch with some of the people who had Star's puppies and decided, hey, I'm going to call one of them up and see if they'll be willing to donate a kidney to Star. So Star would be getting a kidney from her own daughter because it would be a match, just like in humans, they have to be a match. Wow. Right. Wow. Imagine that phone call when you've got this this two year old three year old dog, I guess at this point, and the the dog's mother's owner calls and says, "Hey, how about some surgery for your dog?" Well, here's what happened to the lady who picked up that phone. She said, "I have a crazy question for you." I think I sobbed the entire time. Actually, Shannon explained that Star's health was failing, and doctors said her only chance was a kidney transplant. On October 10th, surgeons at the University of Wisconsin Madison performed the rare transplant surgery on the mother and daughter. And 36 hours later, her blood work was normal. How about that? Wow. wow. And both are doing fine. I've never heard of it before. But again, a happy ending. And I'm all about happy endings. And sure. This has been oh. Animal Stories. <laughs> Animal Stories in the news. Animal Stories to cure your blues. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. So yesterday, my uh, Twitter account was suspended. How'd you who, find out? Who knew? Um, I checked it first thing in the morning before I came in, mm-hmm. and I tried to tweet something, and a big a big sign came up and said, this account has been suspended and can no longer work until blah, 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 whatever. All right. That was and a I, surprise to and you. And I was like, what? This has never happened to me before. Yeah. You so, check your email to see if there was an explanation from Twitter? Well, at first, I thought it was maybe a spam thing. Because oh, I didn't yeah. want to click on anything, and I didn't realize what. So I checked my email. No, there was nothing from them. Okay. So then uh, later on in the morning, I emailed them, and I said, hey, uh, what about this whole suspended thing? What's going on? And they said, you need to read the rules. And they gave me a link. So I went to the link, and it's like five pages long of rules, you know, that cover themselves in every possible way. Things that you're not allowed to do or post on Twitter. Right. Okay. And I couldn't think of anything that might have triggered this. Mm-hmm. I, I really couldn't figure it out. So I put up on Instagram a picture of that saying my uh, account had been suspended. And uh, I'd just like to read a few of the comments below that picture. Uh, one is, that was my great news. <laughs> Another one was, well, Bean does own a substantial amount of Twitter stock. <laughs> oh, he had you booted. Another well, one. I am on the board. Another one was... Um, the infallible act of God. Ah, uh, that was sure, another one. Sure. Yeah, if you don't know, it might be that, or it could be terrorism. You Maybe don't know. it was Florence <laughs> against the machine or Billy Elliot. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are uh, two of the uh, two of the acts that Kevin somehow believes are playing night two? Uh, here's my favorite. Maybe they thought that you were a Russian bot. Twitter was like, no way is some white American have this much trouble spelling. <laughs> Harsh and accurate. They found out about reading on Durf, didn't they? Oh. And it just went on and on and on. I have like two pages of really funny responses from listeners. Amazing. 
But then I had no idea. And then so then they said, oh, uh, read the rules and say that you understand them. So I sent back an email saying, I read the rules. I have no idea what triggered this. Yeah. Plus, never have gotten a warning from Twitter even. Right. Yeah. Now, when you are in contact with the Twitter police, do you feel like you're talking to a human? No. Or are they just, they're just automated responses to your I th- questions? I think okay. it was all automated. Because okay. every time I responded to them, I was like, okay, I understand that you have rules and maybe I did something wrong. It would be helpful to know what. Yeah, because usually if you're suspended, it will be a specific tweet, and they'll they'll say you need to delete this tweet, right. and then you maybe you're kicked off for a few days. Never that got type that. Of thing. You never got it. No. So weird. So I have no idea which one it was that did it. Now, Twitter jail, as I understand, um, it, it usually lasts for a certain amount of time. Like they say, you're like when James Woods had his Twitter suspended recently. I think it was seven days, or maybe it was ten days, or something like that. But they told him, "Here's how long you're going to be right." You know, you know, off the service. You got nothing. You're just. It was just a question mark for you. First of all, I didn't get any notice of what it was. Second of all, it was a really strong threat. If this happens again, we're going to delete your account permanently. So weird. I was like, what? What could I have done? All right, so what do you, if it's not Radiant Durf, what is it then, Kevin? I'm sure you've given this a lot of thought. One more um, quick um, response underneath my um, Instagram page. Think of this as Twitter's version of hanging up on people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you earned it. I couldn't figure it out. I thought it might be, I don't don't know, I was guessing which different things it could be. And then somebody sent me a tweet that made sense, Mm -hmm. and that is that I posted a great news story about the nurse who was Jewish that helped the shooter in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. And the shooter in the synagogue was yelling as he went into the hospital, all Jews must die. That was what he was yelling. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was important to put because that makes the Jewish nurse so much more amazing. Right. But I put those words. And he said, what if it's just an algorithm? It's a computer that looks for words like that. And those words... All Jews must die, taken completely out of context from the great news story. Right. Maybe that set off some kind of alarm and they set it down. Well, I here's just, why I'm going to tell you that's not the case. Here's okay. why I'm going to tell you you can rule that out. I hope that's is, the case because other than that, I have no idea. Yeah. If you go to Twitter right now and type in a search for those words, you'll see hundreds of tweets quoting the quoting the uh, the shooter. Oh, is that right? News story. The same yeah, story. Hundreds, the same news story. Hundreds of them, yeah. Yeah, huh. I mean, there's just a, there's a ton of them here, and they're all still up, and none of these people it's have the been suspended. It's the only so thing that it. made sense to me. It doesn't make any sense that, A, they're not telling you what it was, and B, they're saying if you do it again, which you don't even know what it was, right. you're going to be off. Usually there's Deleted some permanently. sort of warning system. I wonder I've already if had two strikes with Twitter somehow, and I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I do not understand, unless it's either. a complete mistake, but they also took away your verification badge, right? I didn't find that out until somebody tweeted me last night. They said, oh, uh, you're no longer verified. And I was like, so your little blue check mark is yeah, gone. Gone. What is happening? I don't know. So Kevin, I was like, I well, think- I don't really care about the the verification thing. That doesn't bother well, me. Well, I'm going to start telling people you're a fake, that it's not really your account, though. <laughs> um, you're slowly being erased. This is like right? some sort of weird oh, dystopian future for you, is that little by little, you're going to start to vanish. Somebody else said, what if they found out you're a cult leader? Right. <laughs> oh, you did You did brainwash people with the Zero Club. That's I, true. I don't have any idea. What if you're like, Twitter, I don't feel so good. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
It's so weird because, and I guess we should have asked for people to call because I'm sure there are a lot of people who have more experience with this than we do. Yeah, maybe they've experienced it themselves, yeah. Yeah, if you want to weigh in, 1-800-520-1067. Then you thought maybe it was a copyright thing, like you put up a photo or a video or something like that. But, I mean, that's all you see on Twitter is people putting up photos and videos of things. Well, that's what I thought, too. So Everyone does that. Somebody's out out for you, man. Right? Oh. Who has that kind of power, though, with Twitter stock? <laughs> I mean, really, let's get to the bottom of it. Was it um, you, Bean? No, of course not. I don't have anything to... I'm, I'm stunned. I'm just as miffed by it as you are. Uh, really, and, and the frustrating thing is if they won't tell you what it is, there's no way for, for you or the rest of us to know how to avoid that. I suspended. I think the reason they never told me what it was is because when I emailed back, it was a computer. Like, no person actually got that email, and it said, please tell me what I did wrong. And so it was just a computer, and it didn't care. But they reinstated it after about 24 hours on on their own, right? We need to storm Twitter headquarters. That's all that that I'm coming up with. This is now... Said at Allie McKay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my blue check mark's gone. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. We have had a lot of questions, as many citizens have, about these uh, raging fires over the past uh, few few nights and days. And uh, we kind of were hesitant to reach out to the fire department to ask questions because we know they're very busy right now. But look who's nice enough to squeeze in a couple minutes with us. Tim Carr is on the line. He works at a station one downtown Culver City, and he joins us on the show right now. Hey, Tim, how are you, man? Good morning. How are you? Well, We're fine. Thank you, first of all, for what you and all the other firefighters and first responders and emergency personnel and everybody else is doing. It has just been hell on earth for us just watching it on TV. And I just I can't even imagine what it's been like for you guys. Well, we appreciate the support. It's been amazing uh, what you can get out of a community in times like this. And uh, that, that community of Thousand Oaks has gone through a lot in the last week. And uh, even through that it's it's impressive to see uh how interactive they are with the fire department and how appreciative they are so we thank the community a lot for for everything they're giving back to us that's great so this is just no pun intended it's a perfect storm right there are just so many things that have been working against you this past week with brush that hadn't previously burned so it was just fuel just laying there just ready to catch on fire and then having these winds on top of it it's just been like a firefighter's worst nightmare i imagine yeah, it really is that, you know, a lot of the area that burned up in, uh, you know, Oak Park, Calabasas, Westlake, Thousand Oaks, hasn't burned since the 1993 Green Meadow Fire. So it was 25 years of growth uh, with the winds, the humidity uh, extremely low, and, uh, you know, the little bit warmer temperatures for this time of year. Just like you said, it's a perfect storm to create the, the chaos that it did. The uh, first graphic that I saw on TV said 0% contained. Where do you start when you're trying to contain a fire? Well, they kind of start at the point of origin and then go from there and try to... If, if you look at the fire map, now it's extremely complex with divisions and branches. And uh, it's basically multiple incidents within the incident. And uh, they they essentially try to get the start from the origin because it usually doesn't burn back on itself and then work their way around the fire and uh for example right now the fire kind of started that Woolsey fire started around the Simi Valley area and kind of the most active point now is out in the hills above Newberry Park so 
Um, that's kind of where they're focusing today. Um, is that is, a call? Is that, you have to go. Is it, you no. have to go. Okay. Okay. It's not. Um, when you mentioned the point of origin, it made me think we're probably too early in trying to beat down the fire to even start investigating what started the fire, right? Yeah, I think that you know, as as it goes along over the next few weeks, they'll definitely uh, you know f- get investigators out there to determine what the source was and why this happened. But yeah, in the initial stages, it's just a matter of getting in front of it, getting people out of their houses, and just making sure that uh, you're doing everything you can to protect the community. What? How many? people and this really angers me how many people say i'm good i'm gonna stay because i feel like that puts firefighters at risk and everybody else well yeah i mean it's it's uh i don't know percentage wise it definitely happens and we understand it's their home it's their property they don't want to leave but what really ends up happening is if it gets too late and they try to leave too late when the fire department's coming in it creates this extreme traffic log jam where we can't get in, they can't get out, and it's just a—it's almost a perfect storm of disaster where we're not going to be able to get in to protect their houses, and they're going to have a hard time getting out, and that's where you run into a lot of problems. So, you know, when the police come around and, and have those evacuation warnings early, they're not doing it for anything else but for the community's safety, and we always recommend take advantage of the opportunity to get out as early as you can and just go. Um, I live up, I, this this whole week's hit, hit hard for me because I live in Thousand Oaks. I've lived there my whole life. Oh, wow. And um, between the shooting and then the fires, you know, there was, it was quite the chaotic week. And uh, we had a lot of friends and family evacuated, a lot of friends and family affected by the shooting. So um, the community, like I said before, the community still rallied together in my neck of the woods where I live. We got evacuated Thursday around 2 o'clock, and majority of the people were gone by 3.30. They wow. understand wow. they live up against their urban interface, and they understand uh, that where, where we live is great, but you might also have that fire problem, and, and uh, my community got out quick. It was how, good. How is it looking now? I know that um, Santa Ana's are supposed to be calming down later today. I don't think we're going to get any higher humidity. It's just where we live, but how is the weather looking yeah, so from what I understand from this morning, I was reading, uh, you know, humidities are still low in certain spots up in that area, around 7 to 10% with some 30, 40 mile an hour winds. The red flag is supposed to expire tonight around 5 o'clock, and uh, we still have a wind advisory up like in the Newberry Park area until 5 o'clock as well. So getting better, I think uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, we'll definitely see a, a a uh, much better uh, outlook on the weather. How much of uh, a factor is the wind? I mean, if there were no wind, could you have just taken care of it right away? Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say right away, just because the fuels were so dry in 25 years of growth. Those are those are factors with low humidity that are hard to hard to handle on itself. But then when you add in the wind. Um, you know, I, I have footage, some our strike team was up in Westlake Village the first night, and they had 60, 70 mile an hour winds, and the ember cast was miles long, and it's, it's just almost impossible to get in front of it. Um, and that, the winds are what create the, the chaos. They're so erratic, they create their own environment, and uh, it's, it's, it's really devastating uh, and almost unpredictable and impossible to get in front of at times. 
This is uh, Tim Carr on the phone with us right now from uh, Station One, downtown Culver City, obviously talking about the Southern California wildfires. A couple quick questions before we let you go, Tim, and that is I I see that firefighters from all over the country, from a dozen states, all the way to the Midwest and the South and everything have come out to help. That's great. Uh, Do you guys have everything you need, equipment and personnel-wise, to do the job that you need to do when it's as serious as this is? Yeah, I think we have a you know we have a, a great mutual aid system locally. We're lucky. Uh, people don't realize it, but some parts of the country they don't have what we have. We even in my department here, we could have a major structure fire, and we can have the L.A. City Fire Department and L.A. County Fire Department here within minutes. Uh, and that kind of expands out to the brush areas, and then it expands out to the state, and even uh, you know the United States. Really, my wife called me yesterday and said there's a Salt Lake City strike team of five engines driving up by our house right now wow. so you know it's, <laughs> it's pretty impressive it's pretty impressive to see uh you know just basically the western united states right now is is helping us and uh it's it's great all right last question for me and that is people are listening right now and they feel helpless to be able to contribute to what you guys need right now to help the help get this fire down and help the people who are evacuated or have lost their homes what should we be doing on this side of the radio to help you guys with this situation? Well, I can tell you this. like From the fire department perspective, we're good. Um, the community outpouring, I know uh, there was an announcement earlier about the hydration packs and uh, getting water and supplies to the firefighters. And I, every, even down here in Culver City, we're 45 miles from this fire. We got so many doma- donations to our station, water, food, Gatorades. And then driving around up where I live, there's stations with a thousand water bottles, a thousand Gatorades, wow, hundreds of packs of granola bars and stuff like that. So the firefighters are good. Um, we have everything we need. It's really now giving back to the community. Um, you know, whether it's through the Humane Society or American Red Cross, and what I found and. Uh, is a, there's a lot of grassroots GoFundMe's uh, out there that are that are actually legit, and um, there's also just local uh, mom and pop restaurants giving back to the community. Up in Thousand Oaks, we're we're tight knit. A lot of people either grew up there and stayed, or moved into that area because it's just a very family friendly environment. And we're, there's restaurants. There's uh, a buddy of mine did a a baseball hit-a-thon last night to give back to the borderline shooting victim. So it's taking off um, online and uh, social social media in regards to what they can give back just locally to go directly to the people affected by the fires. All right, so just look for it. Well, listen, you reach out to us if there's anything we can do for you here on the Kevin and Bean Show or at K-Rock. We got your back, and we appreciate so much the hard work you and the other men and women in the fire department are doing. Good luck to you, and stay safe, all right? We appreciate it. Thanks for all the support, and uh, we'll see you at Spark of Love here in the first week of December. Yes, we will. Yes, looking forward right. to talking about that, getting some uh, getting some toys for the kids this holiday season. Thanks, yeah, Tim. Have gonna, a great day. They're going to need it. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Hero right there, you guys. Right? Mm. Right? The Kevin and Bean Show, world-famous K-Rock. What if we didn't do this? There's still time to turn the bus around. Listen, listen, right? Listen, guys. Yesterday, your listeners were just a bunch of just a-holes, okay? We didn't get most of the ones that you were doing, and we were looking at the answers. I don't know what you guys were listening, but I have a beautiful... I'm the voice of our generation, guys. How are you? It's the voice of an angel. Thank you. Thank you very much, (laughs) Allie. Okay. So, But I have a good feeling about your listeners today. You do. I do. Yeah, it's... 
not the listeners' fault, though. I got to tell you, it's not, the problem is not on their end. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one, Dean. Omar is going to sing songs from bands and artists that are playing night one of the K Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. All you have to do is identify it by title and artist to go into the drawing to win tickets to join us that night, December eighth at the Forum. It's called Omaroki. Hit it, Steve. Maroki as a singer, Omar's really lame. So we wish you luck, because he sucks. If you guess you win the game. Just that I easy, mean, guys. I mean, the worst it thing... It wasn't that easy yesterday. On, <laughs> the worst thing we've done on this show all year was Omaroki yesterday, and we're doing it again today. That's how we roll. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. You take Who's failures first, and Kevin? you double down. Uh, up first is Nikki from Carson. Hi, Nikki. Hey, good morning, guys. What's happening? Nikki? Ready to play this game? <laughs> good. Yeah, All are. right. It's, it's going to be a song that you'll be hearing from one of the bands playing that night. Give us title and artist. Here's Omar. Don't want to exist. I can't persist. Please stop me before I do it again. Just talk about nothing. Let's talk about nothing. Let's talk about no one. Please talk about no okay, one, that's, someone, that's that's anyone. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Nikki, Tyler, please. I want to say bad religion infected. Yes! yes! Look at that. Unbelievable. Wow. I'm already more successful than yesterday's entire game. I don't know why you guys say unbelievable, guys. Uh, because it's unbelievable? I am awesome. Okay, let's go to Todd in Riverside. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. Good luck with Omar. She's an awesomeist in a pastime, and I've been burned for the last time, 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 whoa. Uh, Yeah, what song? Name of the song? Oh, dude. Uh, Kerosene. I say close enough. Close enough. She's kerosene. I've been laughing for the first time. <laughs> you know, ordinarily, I'm not a fan of people being interrupted on this show, but when it stops right. Omar from singing, go for it. The earlier, the better. <laughs> Let's go to Nestor in Lakewood. Good morning, Nestor. Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. Good morning. What's happening? You ready? Ready. Come break me down. <laughs> bury me, bury me. I am finished with you. Okay. All right. That's good. Finished with you as well. <laughs> Nestor. It's 30 seconds to Mars. And. Yes. And the name of it is. Think about what you want to do to Omar right now. Finished with you. Oh. Is, it called, is it called butt stuff? <laughs> it's, called, it's called the kill. I'm very sorry. Yeah. That was on Nestor. Uh. That was unnecessary. Hey, did nice I, try. Did I, I turned the mic, mic down. Oh. <laughs> no, I turned it down for a I second. I broke we the mic. To... No. No. I rocked it so hard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia in Montana, hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. All right, we're doing Omaroki. Good luck. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Then someone will say what is lost and can never be saved. That's, Despite that's all that's my good. rage, all right. okay. I am. We got it. You got it. Got okay, that. We good. That. All right. Uh, Cynthia, title <laughs> of Rat in a Cage. <laughs> that's a Smashing Pumpkins Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Boom! Yeah. So, Nikki, Todd, Cynthia, so far all in the drawing for night number one of the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. we got time for a couple more, I think. All right. Brent in Huntington Beach, good morning. Good morning, guys. 
Uh, good luck. I mean, by the way, three people already got it. Crazy. Yeah. I know, I yeah. know. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. All right, here's good Omar. Luck. The stars that pierce the sky, he left them all behind. We're left to wonder why he left us all behind. Uh, that's AFI. Yes. Miss Murder. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, sick. <laughs> All right, let's just do one more because I really want to hear Omar sing this song. All right, <laughs> let's go to uh, Jessica in Santa Clarita. Hi there. Oh, hi. Hi. Hey, oh, you sound surprised. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're our final contestant for Omaroki today and hopefully for the rest of the year. Listen up. What's the title and artist of this song? I'm packed and I'm holding. I'm smiling. She's living. She's golden. She lives for me. She says she lives me. Ovation, her motivation. She comes around and she goes down. Bleep, bleep. Jessica? Um... Jessica. The Interrupters? No. We were looking for Third Eye Blind this time around. Remember this? I mean, you didn't sound like that when you said it. How dare you? No, but she could have gotten it, but thank you for playing anyway. We appreciate it. Brett, Cynthia, Todd, and Nikki miraculously figured out what Omar was trying to sing. And one of them is going to be uh, taking a guest to night number one of the K-Rock Almost Christmas on Saturday, December 8th at the Forum. Tickets on sale now through Ticketmaster. Who's our winner, please? Cynthia. Yeah. Cynthia. Congratulations, Cynthia. You got tickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank we'll, you. We'll see you at night number Rock one. Rock and roll. Thanks for playing the game. Oh, Maroki, that's our game and how much fun we had. Now you know that I didn't lie when I told you he was pretty bad. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Hey, Allie. Bean. What's happening? Well, you two wrapped up their Experience in Innocence tour last night in Berlin. And a lot of people are now freaking out because U2 Gigs, which is a Twitter account, well, they basically tweeted Bono's words which have people in a panic. We've been on the road for quite some time, just going on 40 years, and this last four years have been really something very special for us. No big deal, right? Great. Right. But what really raised some eyebrows? His final comment. We're going away now. People are like, wait, what? Is you two done? Was this their last <laughs> live show ever? Or was it just him saying, hey, we're taking a little break? A little break been on the road for a real long time guys taking a little break people are flipping their noodles i say we take a step back we calm our t's okay we thank you too for this great tour right and we say hey see you again soon have some good time off absolutely because boy is going to be 40 years old soon you don't think they're going to do a tour for that like Joshua Tree, and by you don't think, please do, please do a tour <laughs> just like that. That would be amazing. Hey, so. What's the group that was from Scranton and made it big? Is that you two? Yes. <laughs> Scranton. <laughs> I love it. And you guys, remember when we talked about the um, documentary Coldplay, basically their rise to fame just started out humble beginnings, and now they're selling out stadiums across the world. How many years of video did you say they had? Oh, a lot. From the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Over 20 years of material, including 
Chris Martin wearing braces. Which, again, I know I keep harping on that aspect, but it's why I want to see a Head Full of Dreams documentary, which hits select theaters today. The film will then exclusively head to Amazon Prime Video, available for streaming beginning on Friday. But not sure if you guys knew this, The Wiltern is having a Head Full of Dreams screening tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. If you want to um, check that out, they're going to also have concessions and a full bar. So if right. you want to be around a bunch of other Coldplay heads, what? Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know. Coldplay heads full of dreams. It'll be happening tomorrow as well. Did you see that Chris Martin was one of the Malibu residents who showed up at that community meeting last night to deal with fire issues? No, I didn't. Yeah. So was Pierce Brosnan. They were both there talking about the response to from the firefighters and, uh, you know, what was the plan going to be going forward and whatnot. It was just, just interesting to see them just being citizens. Yeah. I mean, this is when it really shows how much your community means to you. You're showing up mm-hmm. at, you know those meetings when usually you'd be like F that what a bunch of dorks (laughs) right you guys this uh, this delights me Hugh Jackman you know when people say you learn something new every day Mm -hmm. well Hugh Jackman learned something new which is shocking he recently learned that wolverines are actual animals not just something created for X-Men no he did not here's his quote he was joking here's his quote Embarrassingly, I didn't know what a wolverine was. I'd never heard of such an animal. I presumed it was a made-up name for the comic book. I had never read an X-Men, X-Men comic. I'd never seen a wolverine. We don't have them in our zoos. <sighs> What's going on down there in Australia that you don't know about wolverines? <laughs> that is uh, shocking. Yes, he said that on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. That's real. That's wow. real, you guys. You Jackman. They're, um, Keep that to like, yourself. They're like little bears, right? I don't know. I don't know what a wolverine is. I don't think Never even heard of them. Have you? It, we don't yeah. have them in our zoos. I, I think they're like little bears. If I remember the wolverine, I think that I'm almost positive that's what it is. But that is, uh, you'd think that a guy playing wolverine would right. know a little bit about it. I mean, he played wolverine from 2000 to 2017. Right. So, I mean. Never he- came up. Never felt the need to Google it, apparently. (laughs) Oh, I love it so very much. God, you're dumb. Some birthdays for you guys. Prince Charles, happy birthday. Loser. Dork. Patrick Warburton, love. Winner. I feel like it might be up there, like, top five for Bean. Wow. He's one of my very favorite celebrities, for sure. I love it. And Josh Duhamel. My God, that voice. Oh, Josh Duhamel is wow. the... Is the Take is, it easy. We had, a, had him on. He's the representative for the great state of North Dakota. He does their tourism commercials. Is it north or south? I think it was north. I think he's North Dakota. South Dakota doesn't need it. South Dakota has Mount Rushmore. North Dakota has oh, nothing. That's a good point. What about, Do they have any of the largest things there? I don't think so. Even the lar- world's largest buffaloes in South Dakota. Yeah. I don't think North Dakota's got anything, you guys. What were you telling Chip and I off the air about the museum you went to? Well, I mean, we've talked about it on the air before. It's the world's uh, largest collection of the world's smallest replicas of the world's largest things. Yeah. It it travels. It's based in Kansas, of but course. it does travel. Course, yeah. you I mean, you got to spread that out. It. Yeah. It's all yeah, the people. It's, no, it's super cool because you see Define this mu- super cool. Because you see this museum and you look and there's like a tiny little, like half an inch 
replica of the world's largest chair, for instance. You know what I mean? And then right next to that, there's a half an inch replica of the world's largest, you know, water tower or whatever. And it's just it's a little traveling museum, and it's kind of a way to see all the great world's largest in the whole country at one time. But you're seeing the world's largest in a smaller scale than ever. That's correct. Yes. And I don't know what your point is by that. And people say Bean doesn't know how to party. <laughs> Did you hear the disdain? Yes. I don't know what the point is, Allie, of saying such a thing. I'm just well, I'm I, pointing out that you're seeing the largest things in the world taken to the smallest scale possible. Yes, but it's the world's largest collection of the world's smallest replicas of the world's largest things. That's what oh, makes now. it special. <laughs> That's what makes it special. Excellent. Also, happy birthday to Rev Run from Run DMC. And we love him here from Blink-182, Travis Barker. Happy birthday, and that's what's happening. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Hey, um, Weird Al is coming in on Friday, you guys. Yes. And I don't feel like we've prepped the building appropriately for her. I feel like we should have cleaning crews in for here. For her? What's happened? Him. Him, sorry. Him, okay. I, I, I just, I feel like we, we I feel like... He's going to deserve a red carpet. Mm -hmm. I think we need to uh, reassess the snack situation here at K-Rock. Maybe get like a rider. Yes, let's get a rider. Let's find out from his people what he needs. I I mean, mean, he's been on the show before and he's really cool and doesn't ask for anything. I know, I know, okay. but I, but he. What I'm saying is, he deserves it. Okay. This is like we, we pretend the royalty is coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, and l- he hasn't had a star the last time that that's true. he came in, oh, so now yeah. he's got a star in the Hollywood Walk. Could have gone fame. to his head. He's yeah. a totally different guy. That's true. Could yeah. be. So I'm just saying, uh, Friday he doesn't morning, even wear Hawaiian shirts anymore. <laughs> here no. on the Kevin and Bean Show, <laughs> the return of the great Weird Al Yankovic. Buzz and cut. I just, I just want to make sure we don't screw it up by, uh, by not being prepared. That's yeah, all I'm good. saying. I think we're good. Yesterday, there was a little bit of a controversy playing out on Twitter. You guys know who Army Hammer is? Uh, the deodorant. Uh, no. Mm. No, that's Armand Hammer. Oh, that's a very brand. different. This is Army Hammer, the actor, probably best known for the social network. He played the Winklevoss twins. He was also uh, the Lone Ranger, you'll recall. He's in the Call Me By Your Name, that very uh, popular movie from this year. Which of the twins did he play? He played both of them. Okay. And he decided that he was going to weigh in on the way people on social media were remembering and commemorating and memorializing the late, great Stan Lee, comic mm-hmm. book artist for Marvel Stan Lee. It's a weird thing because I, I didn't have any thoughts of, hey, people aren't doing this right. Yeah, you, you were policing I mean? people's morning I just process. didn't even, it didn't come to my mind even. Yeah. I will say that um, we've seen, unfortunately, a lot of famous people, you know, pass away under various circumstances uh, over the years that social media has been a thing. I don't recall an outpouring like I saw for Stan Lee mm-hmm. this week for very many of them. I mean, he was universally loved, it seemed like. Yeah. And so many people had been touched by not only his work, but had met him and were moved by him personally. So a lot of people, including Tom Hardy, Hugh Jackman, uh, Mark Hamill, Evangeline Lilly, hundreds more, posted pictures of themselves that they had had the opportunity to get with Stan Lee throughout the years. That was Army Hammer's complaint. So touched by all the celebrities posting pictures of themselves with Stan Lee. No better way to commemorate an absolute legend than by putting up a picture of yourself. Wop wop wop. Why? What are you doing? Why? Um, why? Let's try to see it from Army Hammer's point of view for a moment. Mm-hmm. Is 
Could he could he make the argument that you are trying to make it about yourself to show that you met this person or you're trying to get a little of reflected glory from Stan Lee because you were in a picture with him? Is that what he's suggesting? Here? I, I mean, that's absolutely possible. And people weren't just throwing up a selfie with nothing else. They were posting the selfie and then writing what the man meant to them or when they worked with him and little tidbits about their time together. I felt like it was really sweet that people would post pictures like, this is a person who touched my life. Absolutely. So much so that I got to meet him and he was an amazing person. And then they would write whatever they wanted to write. And I didn't see anything wrong with that. And especially if you're somebody like Hugh Jackman, who has made four movies or something or five movies as Wolverine. I mean, Stan Lee was a significant part of his career. Yeah, of right. course. So it kind—I of, mean—it kind of makes sense that they would be together, and that he would—he would look at it as a personal loss, just like you would post a picture of your grand, you and your grandpa, if your grandpa died. I would think. Yeah, a lot of people started going at him like, "What are you doing?" And he would double down and just argue with people. Somebody wrote, "You know, maybe they're just saying, you know, that this is how we remember him. He impacted me." And he said, "If Stan impacted your life, i.e., all of our lives, with his work, post his work that touched you the most. Posting a selfie makes." his death about you and how cool you felt taking a picture with him. Uh, ew. And then people are like, maybe those people worked with him. He's like, I did too. Uh, you did a voice <laughs> in a movie. Calm down, Army Hammer. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I, don't think, I don't think he came off very well no. in this one. No. Um, He's deleted his social media accounts before, by the way. Mm-hmm. It might not be for him. <laughs> it might not be for him, but you know who it's for? Ha, yeah. It's for Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because can I read to you Please. his tweet? Because this has now been deleted because he wound up, Army Hammer wound up deleting all of his stuff. There's a few different replies back to people on there, but maybe Jeffrey Dean Morgan got through to him with this tweet. Looks like you found a way to use others' ways of mourning and their memories to draw some attention to yourself. You sound like a real asshat. Oh, my God, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan with the takedown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think he just lost that round. Yeah. I mean, it's, Sorry, a, it's certainly an odd thing that he did that, that he had to weigh in and make it sort of, he's right, make it sort of about himself. Yes. It's odd. It's and I would say, however you want to mourn somebody, mourn them that way. Absolutely. All good. Don't Even listen. if it's pooping on their grave. What if it's Omar? He loves poop. Okay, that's a good point. Thank you. All right. All good. Everyone's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. I wish I had that uh, piece of famous tape where uh, Mr. Rogers talks about how anytime bad things are happening, you should look for the helpers because there are mm-hmm. always people who are there to help as well. And, uh, man, has that become evident uh, this past week with the fires raging through Southern California. We just had on the, the chap from the uh, from the fire station last hour, and he was saying the same thing. He's like, the communities have so laughed. Yeah, Did you say chap? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like a great chap. <laughs> were you doing, like, jazz hands at the time when you did so <laughs> No, I wasn't. We talked to a chap. <laughs> we talked to a firefighter who talked about how the community, he's from Thousand Oaks, and they've been through hell this last week. He was talking about how you really see people step up and try to help others. Mm-hmm. And it's inspiring. And the chap said it was inspiring. (laughs) And there have just been so many examples of that. And I think it's worth, you know, when we all think uh, the news is so awful all the time, always. Then you see someone like Sandra Bullock. Allie, you reported this yesterday, that she was very concerned about all the animals that had to be moved around, particularly in Ventura County. She donated 100 
thousand dollars to the Ventura Humane Society to help with that effort. And um, by the way, I made a donation to the exact same location yesterday, you know, partly being inspired by Sandra Bullock going, man, that is, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even think about the animals in a case like this because there's so much need for the humans. But those animals need a place to go, too. And there's just story after story like that of people who are doing extraordinarily things. I mean, that's a money thing. What about Dave Grohl? Talk about what that happened. That story you gave us yesterday about that as well. Yeah, Dave Grohl wound up um, heading to a fire station in Calabasas with his, basically his big catering barbecue. And he cooked up a ton of food for these firefighters just to say thank you and just enjoy the food. We're giving back a little bit because you guys do so much for us. Just amazing. Now, those examples are both celebrities, but there are a thousand other people whose names are not well known who also went to extraordinary lengths to help other people. We want to take your calls on this topic. This is what we want to do. We want to shine a little bit of light on the unsung heroes, the stories of people who have reached out to help people during these fires. Uh, You can call us at 1-800-520-1067, and we'd invite you to do that to hear your story. Uh, Yesterday, when we came on the air, remember, I was telling you about that guy who drives a trash truck up in Northern California, and he disobeyed orders from headquarters to cut the route route short and and head back. Instead, he said, I want to drive to the neighborhoods where I know there are lots of old people, and I want to make sure everybody got out okay. And he found a 93-year-old woman sitting on her front porch who didn't have a caregiver, didn't have anyone to call, didn't have family, uh, had no idea how she was going to get out of the uh, approaching fire. He didn't put her in the truck, though, did he? He did. He put her in the but in the in the cab cab. Cab. in the cab. Yeah, in the passenger seat, and drove five hours down a hill on fire to get her out of there. Wow. I mean, these are the kinds of things where. It's just, it's a, I mean, it just shows you how much good there is in so many people. I'm not it's sure inspiring. if you heard about the Tavern 101 Grill and Tap House in mm-hmm. Agora. Basically, the guy that runs it, Marco Gonzalez, got permission over the weekend to go back into Agora. There were evacuations. They weren't allowed back in. Got permission to go in, and he's been cooking up with his staff free meals for all of the first responders. And they were feeding thousands of first responders and he shouldn't even be in there doing anything but he's like this is my community these are my firefighters i really want to help them and then they opened up a uh, venmo account tavern 101 feeds first responders and people were giving them money because they wanted to keep feeding keep nourishing these people that are protecting their homes and they said once we get past the money we need just to have all the food for them, we're going to give it um, to the Woolsey Fire Relief Fund This as is well. the amazing thing about people, and most of the time you don't hear these stories, right. but when something bad happens, if you keep watching, there are hundreds, sometimes thousands of good people who Absolutely. would do anything to help, yeah. and it's really an amazing thing. Yeah. And um, not to embarrass you guys, but the fact that you, Kevin, and you, Allie, both have had people staying in your houses that were evacuated. I mean, that's a small thing, and I know it was no big deal for y'all to do it, but, you know, that, that's going on all over Southern California right now is yeah, people are finding... Sort of, hmm? sort of glad they left. 
I'm not going to lie. I was like, finally, beat it, kid. But, there was, but they had somebody that they could, that they could lean right. on when they needed their help, when they needed a roof over their head because they had been evacuated. You know, people are doing that. There are thousands of people all over Southern California who are doing exactly what you guys yeah. did. So let's shine that spotlight a little bit. 1-800-520-1067, especially if it happened to you personally, but just to other stories that have you have seen in the news of extraordinary things that people have done. That's what we want to hear about right now. Let's make, try to get a little good news out of this, right? With all the right. bad. Let's get some good news out of it. Let's go to Kelly. She's in Agoria Hills. She's on line one. She's uh, calling with exactly what we're talking about here. Hey, Kelly. Morning, all. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. It, Great. It's What's nice up? to be back in my normal schedule and listen to you. <laughs> well, we're happy for that. Uh, I was evacuated Thursday night from Agoria Hills, left at about 11, and I was headed into Woodland Hills, but decided just to pull off in Calabasas at Mulholland. And they they were just getting ready to close. They kept the restaurant open. They kept um, the, the drive-through and the bathrooms open for the next two nights. Wow! There there were over a hundred people in that parking lot. Wow! And they just oh. stayed open. They let me stay till two thirty Saturday morning because they just had to clean out the restaurant. But it was phenomenal what they did for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, places that were lucky enough to not be hit by fire, you know, did everything they could to help those who were hit by fire. So, yeah, I'm sure you never thought you'd be counting on McDonald's for something oh, so important, right? but you needed it. <laughs> Thank God their coffee was good. But it, was, it was all the Malibu and the Caneo Valley people. They were, were, so it was all the evacuees that were all huddled down there. And it was in Friday night. It was eerie because we heard all the sirens headed out to Malibu because right. it was right there on Mulholland. So, yeah, yeah, no, thank God Agora is safe, and, and I, I, it's just, this has just been a terrible week for all of us. Well, I'm but, glad but you're back the, in your... I'm sorry, but we're on the other side now. Absolutely. I'm glad you're back uh, in your home, Kelly. We appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Let's do one more before the break. Let's go out to Riverside. Say hi to Ron. He's on line three up next to the Kevin Bean Show. We're taking your calls. 1-800-520-1067. Who are the unsung heroes of the fires this week that we need to hear about? Hey, Ron. Hey, guys. Good morning, party people. Good morning. Good morning. So I, uh, I was on Instagram yesterday on my way home, and I saw this story that a, uh, a guy, just a regular civilian, had used his uh, super tricked out uh, Toyota Tundra to go back into the fire on two separate occasions and rescue people. And uh, they posted the picture online. It was burned all down the sides. Uh, the fire had eaten into the metal. And then I saw that Toyota had commented, you know, thank you for all that you do, and don't worry about your next truck. It's on us. And I just thought that was wow. really cool that... You know, Toyota saw it and was going to comp this guy's truck. And not only a great guy really cool. for, you know, risking his life to help other people. Oh, yeah. Also a nurse. I mean, in case you were wondering if nurses are some of the greatest human beings on the planet. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't. You should <laughs> never wonder that because they right. really are. But right. the fact that he was a nurse just made me go, of course he's a nurse. It's and, beautiful. And Ron, you're right. He, I didn't even know that. Yep, he went He went in there, got some people out, turned around, and then went back in there two more times after that, which is partly why his truck just practically got torched. It's amazing he could drive. Some of this dash cam video that you've been seeing on the news of people driving down these roads Ugh. where there's fire, you know, on both sides of the street. I mean, God, as sad as it is, some people don't make it out of those situations. There have been people who have lost their lives in their cars trying to leave a neighborhood. But it is a miracle when you when you survive that. And it's awesome of this dude and really awesome of Toyota to come through with a new truck. Thanks for the call, Ron. We really appreciate it, sir. 1-800-520-1067. Help us shine some light on unsung heroes of the fire. We'll take your calls next on K Rock. 
It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Q. Ryan in Columbia, Tennessee. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, thank you. You're listening in Columbia, Tennessee. Why, Ryan? Uh, just moved out here a few months ago. Born and raised in California. Listened to you guys since high school, and it's just my go-to, man. Right? That's right. awesome. Thank boys. you very much. We appreciate you listening through Radio.com. All right, you've heard us talking about who really stepped up, unsung heroes of the fires <clears throat> in Southern California this past week. Who are you nominating? Well, uh, Joe Rogan, for sure, but I feel bad that I can't pull the name off the top of my head. So what happened was Joe had to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And you know him, the avid hunter that he is. He had like a couple of freezers full of elk meat, and uh, someone, I think, as a firefighter, stayed behind and uh, apparently rescued his home and a few others in the area. So this man's just a great man. And on top of it, you know, they Joe and him connected. And he said, "Hey, man, I have freezers full of elk meat, but we have a power outage. It's going to go bad anyway, man." Uh, so this man uh, barbecued it all up and fed the firefighters for a few days off of elk meat and whatever else, you know, was in the kitchen that Joe said, have at it. Is that you know, so between these two great men? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is it Bud Brutzman? Um, that sounds yeah, I think so. I believe it is. That's I just looked it up. Yeah. Good call, um, Allie. Look no at you. Problem. <laughs> let me tell you something about uh, let me tell you something about Joe. He's not happy unless you're eating animals you've never seen in person. Like he will not accept somebody just eating a hamburger or a chicken sandwich. It has to be an elk or it has right. to be a buffalo or a moose or a reindeer or something like that, or he won't eat it. <laughs> All right, Ryan, appreciate you sticking with us on the move to Tennessee. Thank you so much, my friend. This is the Kevin and Bean Show, K R O Q. From the eight zero five. Hey, Kevin and Bean, my parents' house is in the rural part of West Hills near Bell and Box Canyons. And two men who don't live in the neighborhood but are avid uh, mountain cyclists who regularly ride the trails in the area rode their bikes up to our neighborhood on Friday to help the neighbors keep the fires at bay. Then rode again back up on Saturday and Sunday and extinguished hot spots along with fire crews. They chopped brush. They climbed the charred hillside with hoses to make sure their houses were safe. Again, this was in a neighborhood they don't live in. My family didn't even know them before the fire, but now we do. Jason and Dwayne, we are so grateful to you. How about that? That kind this of stuff awesome. happens all the time. I love that. And it doesn't get much uh, publicity. Yep. And that's why we're shining the light here a little bit today on the Unsung Heroes at 1-800-520-1067. Why don't we try uh, Matthew, please? Line 5, Redondo Beach. I apologize for everybody on hold. We'll get to as many as we can. Matthew, hi. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you very much. Uh, Fantastic. Hey, hey uh, yeah, I just wanted to actually go down this um, dive and surf here in Redondo Beach, which is a local, obviously, dive and surf company owned by the Maestros, has spent the last probably four days collecting literally tons of food and clothes and blankets and canned food for humans and pet food for, for uh, dogs and cats. And they've organized a convoy of boats to go up the coast um, to drop stuff off within the beach, which is leaving today. And they've also organized a convoy of trucks, which is being led by firefighters, which is also leaving this morning uh, to go up the coast on Coast Highway um, to drop off supplies at the local fire stations up in Malibu. And this morning, oh, I'd say at least 100 people showed up to help load the trucks and the boats. That's uh, amazing. It was quite quite something to see. What's the name of the Dive and Surf Company again? Dive and Surf. Well, Dive and... 
Uh, oh, okay. That's yeah. the title. Of it. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, even though your accent is probably fake, that's a great story, <laughs> and I'm glad you shared it with us because they deserve the recognition. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right. Let's go to uh, let's go to Robin Encino. She's on line one. Up next here on the Kevin and Beach on K Rock. Hey, Robin. Hey. Good morning. Good Long morning. Time Thank you. What's up? So I just wanted to give a shout out to the elementary school teachers at Lanai Road Elementary. Now, they're not putting out fires personally, but rather than having the children eat sugary junk on Friday to celebrate Thanksgiving, they're doing a, um, a food drive. And so all of the parents are, are contributing drive food, canned food and so forth to, um, to give to first responders and then others who are in need. So, you know, just local people doing good deeds. And I'm proud of them. I'm proud to be a part of that community. If you didn't disparage sugary junk food, I right? would be more on board with you because there's nothing wrong with that. Let's yeah. not be so down on that. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, that's I'm where we live. I got you. Well, listen, th- these are teachers that probably are buying supplies out of their own pocket for their own students. So th- that's an amazing thing they're doing. It is. Yeah. yeah it's nice. It, and it's nice at Thanksgiving to be thinking about helping to feed other people who, you know, there's going to be a lot of people this Thanksgiving who are going to need extra help that's for sure all right let's try to get in a couple more here let's go to uh, wow look at megan long beach line eight let's hear this story this sounds fascinating hey megan hi good morning good morning i just wanted to give a shout out to many unsung heroes not anyone in particular but all of the inmates that come from correctional facilities and prisons um, and they don't get a lot of recognition um, because of the stigma surrounding, you know, where they come from. But some of these firefighters are getting paid less than $2 an hour. Um, they go on continual calls throughout the year, so they suffer from respiratory issues and things such such as that. And um, they don't have to be out there, but I don't know, maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe we don't know the whole story. Um, yeah, maybe they people, do. people always say, "Oh, they volunteer at the as inmates to do it," but really, are they volunteering? <laughs> but yeah. the thing with this too is, once that they get out of jail, they can't become firefighters. They can't exactly. because, it's- which is insane to me. Yeah, you you could be disqualified from becoming a firefighter with such wow. for such small small issues and it just sucks that they spend you know some of them spend years fighting fires yeah um and like i said suffering from all the health consequences that comes from it and then not getting any any recognition or any job opportunity afterwards well they get a little time uh outside at least they get that right all right Bean, not the one not (laughs) the one to chat with about this (laughs) say it beats a cell all right thank you for the call i appreciate it megan i mean that i didn't know about that i'm fascinated by that all right kevin we only extremely fascinating to look into that story yeah we only have time for one more kevin who's your favorite we can close on a big one uh let's go <laughs> does that have to be a big one it does um hold on a second that's the wrong line let's go to heather in thousand oaks good morning heather hi guys how's hi. it going it's going well thank you great what did you see so, who's the unsung hero you want to uh, congratulate here so my mom lives in the mobile home park in newberry park that was affected by the hill fire right when this all first started happening mm-hmm and her roof caught on fire. She was the only one affected sort of like in that area of the mobile home park. And her neighbor, who's like an old guy, it's like an old, it's like a 55 and older mobile home park, got up on the roof and tried to put the, the fire out using one of those 
crappy little like coil up hoses that my mom had because she's an old lady also. Right. Anyways, when he couldn't do it, he called the fire department and they came and they put the fire out, but they had to break her door down and they had to cut holes in the ceiling of her house to like vent the fire. And the firefighters actually went in her kitchen and left a note saying they were sorry that they had destroyed the inside oh, of her house. Wow. My gosh. And I thought it was so cute. So the neighbor's a hero, but I thought it was really cute that the firefighters left a note saying they were sorry they made a mess. Oh. That well, is very I- sweet. When you say the neighbor's a hero, this is the guy you were you were age-shaming for being 55. No, and she then you said were saying- the mobile home park was 55. But you That's were saying he had a you you said he had a crappy hose and he couldn't put the fire out, so he just called the fire department. Heather, was it even he's your actually, mom? He's actually a really mean guy too. Like he's given my mom a really hard time. This but is not an endorsement. Right. We went out on a big one, Bean. Even though he's kind of a dick, he's such a dick. And I also hate my mom. (laughs) My mom's a dick too. A lot of a lot of heroes in this story. All right, thank you, Heather. (laughs) It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock got uh, one final look at what's happening with Ally McKay here on K Rock. Good morning. Good morning. So the late Chris Cornell is going to be honored with a tribute concert in LA at the Forum on January 16th. It's going to feature members of his former band Soundgarden, Audio Slave, Temple of the Dog, along with members of Metallica and Foo Fighters, Ryan Adams involved as well. Jimmy Kimmel is set to host the event. It again is happening January 16th at the Forum. Tickets on sale Friday. It is called I Am the Highway, a tribute to Chris Cornell. So if you Hi, want. Hi, I'm Zach Braff, and Chris Cornell's voice gives me a boner. Thank you, Zach. Okay. If you want more information, uh, we have the whole post at krock.com as well. So tickets on sale this Friday if you want to go check out I Am the Highway, a tribute to Chris Cornell. Did you guys see the. Uh, pictures of Dave Chappelle photobombing a a lovely young couple, Emily and Tommy, taking their engagement photos. Love it so much. We are going to tweet it out at Kevin and Bean on Twitter. It's fantastic. A lot of people don't know. What they do. (laughs) He lives in um, Yellow Springs, Ohio, Mr. Dave Chappelle, on a farm. Mm Just chills out. It's where he likes to be. Well, he went to a local brewery and saw a couple taking pictures. The photographer, J.C. Brammer, said, hey, can I get a picture of you? And he said, how about if I photobomb theirs? And she's like, please do. (laughs) So you see him just like in this big puffy jacket, just kind of cruising up behind them in one picture. Then the second picture is literally his face in the middle of this young couple, Emily and Tommy. Best wedding pictures ever. Absolutely. (laughs) It is is delightful. And after he took him, he said to the photographer, we're going to go viral, man. (laughs) Sure did. Doesn't it seem like Dave Chappelle is one of those guys like uh, like Bill Murray who just right. really enjoys being himself? It just has loves fun. his life. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and being by himself a lot too. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't need to be around everybody and partying and all that. I like it. I like it so very much. It's something I I don't love, but really, who am I to judge? Remember that old show? It was Temptation Island. It was out in 2001. 
took four couples and forced them to decide if they're ready to commit to one another forever or go their separate ways. So they were already having problems, and then they would yeah. tempt them with other beautiful and then, people? Yeah, they'd be split up and sent to live with a group of really hot <laughs> single people in this tropical paradise. They had a ton of booze, sure. a great setting, hot people in bathing suits, and they would basically tempt them to cheat. Well, it was on Fox. Now, USA Network is rebooting Temptation Island with the original host, Mark L. Wahlberg. Ten episodes will premiere on January 15th. But what I really like about this is the quote from producers who definitely think pretty highly of this reboot. Ah. Quote, in a period of revival television... The Return of Temptation Island, a show that leapt onto the scene with equal parts ratings bang and media attention, makes all the sense in the world. Are they talking about a different show than I'm thinking? Apparently. I mean, come, come, your tease. You're not saving lives here. You're just putting Temptation Island back on the air. Also, not great ratings, if I remember correctly. I believe it lasted one season. I don't maybe, know. maybe no more than two. I don't remember, but it was not. It wasn't a ratings juggernaut. I don't feel it's not, it's not Survivor. I'll tell you that it is We're not the Bachelor. It is not. So, well, it's going to be back on USA Network. That's tempting. Is it? Is it tempting? This uh, this is something I mentioned last hour that a study finds that Americans look at their phones on average 52 times per day, which is up 6% from last year, which I thought was pretty darn low. But then I saw this other story where an annual report of technology trends recently came out with, could smartphones be on their way out? Well, here's the reason why they're saying That 2018 marks the beginning of the end of traditional smartphones, the transition from smartphones to smart wearables and invisible interfaces like earbuds that have biometric sensors and speakers, rings and bracelets that sense motion, smart glasses that record and display information. Those are going to forever change the way we experience the physical world. So we're going to be doing away with our smartphones and just wearing them. Huh. Do you see that as something? I, mean, I don't. Think of like the, what was it, Google Glass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, no. Hasn't really taken didn't off. Didn't really no, happen. It right. didn't. What about what I keep pitching, which is you just get the chip implants in your skin. What about that? Then you don't have any, you have to put anything on, you don't have to carry right. anything with you. Boom, it's right there with you. And then text messages just show up like on your forearm type sure. of thing. All right. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, that's uh, that's real creepy, Bean. Real creepy. Yeah. But I don't think we're far from something like that. I don't like your like plan that. either. <laughs> I, I love the idea of, of where technology is going. I, I love what it's what's it going to be like in 10 years? What's it going to be like in 50 years? I would love thinking about that. Yeah. You're thinking about sex robots, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously sex robots are first. But, but I mean, nobody could have ever predicted what the impact the internet would have made on the world. Oh, right. the impact, And that's changed impact, so much. Yeah, and what the impact smartphones could have made on the world. I mean, when when the first smartphone was introduced, people thought, oh, that's nice. Now, yeah. essential. Yeah, for, can't for live without most, it. For many people in the world, yeah. Flying cars, you guys, right around the corner. Can't Hover, hoverboards. Those are next, right? we got to have hoverboards hoverboard, sure. first. That's our if first we, move. If we invent anything before jetpacks, I'm going to burn this mother down. I don't think <laughs> jetpacks are high on the list, Bean. I'm sorry Well, to they ought to be. I don't they know. ought to be. <laughs> All right.
Been waiting for him our whole. My grandfather was waiting for jetpacks his whole life. That's how long we've been lied to about jetpacks coming soon. So sorry I brought this up. Yep. You guys, uh, you like nachos, right? They're yep. tasty. Absolutely. What about this? The city of Las Cruces, Nevada, Nevada, has created a 5,039-pound portion of nachos that stretches 110 feet long. It was prepared over the weekend at the Plaza de las Cruces at the centerpiece of their Noche de Nachos event. That's night of nachos, you guys. That's kind of my favorite thing. (laughs) But they wanted to have a Guinness World Record-breaking dish, so they had about 20 volunteers, 900 pounds of chips, 450 pounds of salsa, and 2,200 pounds of cheese, plus some ground beef, sour cream, beans, jalapenos, and they have sent it in to Guinness for official certification. That's a lot of nachos. Is it Nevada or Nevada? Because I've said Nevada, mm-hmm. and people were like, eh, Nevada, huh? <laughs> wow. Thank you, Muggos. <laughs> that one. Really enjoy it. Now, Being- Kevin, you're okay with that world's largest because it's, in fact, actual nachos. Yes. I was thinking that. It has that, to be real. Right. But if I made a paper mache version no. of the world's largest nachos, then that it's was a even paper bigger. Mache. It's a paper mache. That you, you can't have no call interest. It, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But what, if it's, but what if it's in the shape of a nacho? Who cares? What it's if not, it looks just like a nacho? It's either a nacho or it's not. <laughs> that's it. Nacho or Your not? Your stupid yes. world's biggest pecan that's made out of cement. I was so angry when we drove way out of our way to see that. Well, you seem to have gotten over it. It was made out of cement. I was like, this is cement. Where's the, what the, how is this possible? B went back three times. We've been talking about this since 530. What happened? I just. Kevin is still furious about that afternoon. It just makes no sense to me. But it was only like 25 miles from San Antonio. It wasn't like a big deal. It makes no sense to me because, never mind. It's not a pecan. Wow. If it's the world's largest pecan, wouldn't you expect it to be a pecan? No. What do you mean no? no? I would not. Of I course not. you would. It, the, no. It's in the name. The world's largest pecan. It's in the name. Right. But it's the world's largest representation of a pecan. It doesn't say that. Made out of cement. Well, it doesn't say that. Well, that would be wordy. It's that would be wordy. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as catchy on the coming uh, up right. signs. Yeah. I well, I just, well, again, I, I just want to repeat. repeat. I went there once, and I'm this mad. Bean yeah. went back three times. Yeah, that's insanity, Bean. Oh, I, I wanted to see what was new. You know, <laughs> well, and um, what was out of curiosity? Nothing, nothing, nothing. was new, but it was sure. still awesome Same to revisit. Pecan. Well, one time I went, I went to take my wife with me because I thought she would enjoy it, and she didn't. Really? Huh. Yeah, she did. Didn't, about it that? didn't really impress her much. Hmm. But here's the thing, and I'll say it again, and I'm sure this won't be the... Okay. Oh, no. Sounds like it. Looks like the phone's ringing. Uh, All right, I got to go. Okay. Some birthdays for you. Prince Charles, Josh Dumel, Rev Run from Run DMC, Vanessa Bayer from Saturday Night Live, Patrick Warburton from Bean's Heart, and Travis Barker from Blink-182. And that's what's happening. Nick Sally on your drive home today. Listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour. Random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. We've got uh, Get Up On This with Jensen. We have R.J. Bell talking football. We have Dr. Drew for our weekly visit. We have Dan Fogler from uh, Fantastic Beast. Hold on a sec. What? Bean? Mm. Is it your birthday today? Why do you ask that? It is, yeah. Happy birthday, Bean! He doesn't like... He really doesn't like it. Did you just... 
Yes. He did. I did. Yes. All right. Yes. I, I don't he, celebrate. He really doesn't like it. Happy birthday, man. Hold on, we're going to call. Happy birthday, Pete. Call now. <laughs> Don't call now. Don't and call we've now. got tickets for uh, the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas tomorrow morning as well. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. That was so trashy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.